0: Hello and welcome to Fucked Up by Faith My name's Jude Mills In this podcast we have conversations with people who've been fucked up by their faith And we explore how they've found hope, healing, reconciliation and forgiveness In or out of their faith tradition We're back (laughs) for the third season of fucked up by faith which feels very strange thing to say for something that just arrived as a a whim one morning and um, but I'm um I'm very delighted to have today as my guest Martin McNamara who is based in Antwerp but as you might guess from his name um, originates from Ireland the Republic of Ireland and um Martin is an engineer by trade, but also is a specialist in martial arts and embodiment and meditation and is also in the process of writing a book, which I'm very interested to hear more about. Welcome, Murchin. Hey, Hey, good to see you. Thank you for being here. So before we get into our conversation, which I know is going to be really uh, rich, I'm going to share, as I always do, um, a poem. And because I have an Irish guest, I'm going to read a poem by an Irish poet, Padraig O Tuama, who is um, a wonderful poet. But he he writes very much in the in a kind of very accessible way about Christianity. um, And about the human condition. So this poem is called How to be alone. How to be alone. It all begins with knowing nothing lasts forever. So you might as well start packing now. But in the meantime, practice being alive. There will be a party where you'll feel like nobody's paying you attention. And there will be a party where attention's all you'll get. What you need to do is know how to talk to yourself between these parties. And again, there will be a day, a decade, where you won't fit in with your body, even though you're in the only body you're in. You need to control your habit of forgetting to breathe. Remember when you were younger and you practiced kissing on your arm. You were onto something then. Sometimes harm knows its own healing, comfort, its own intelligence, kindness too. It needs no reason. There is a you telling you a story of you. Listen to her. Where do you feel anxiety in your body? The chest, the fist, the dream before waking, the head that feels like it's at the top of the swing, or the clutch of gut like falling and, falling and falling and falling and falling. It knows something. You're dying try to stay alive. For now, touch yourself. I'm serious. Touch yourself. Take your hand and place your hand someplace upon your body and listen to that community of madness that you are. You are such an interesting conversation. You belong here.
1: Hmm. Oh, that was lovely, thank you.
0: Hmm. Yes, he has some beautiful words to say, and he says them much more beautifully than I do. So, <laughs> <laughs> you can find a recording of him, which I'll link to in the show notes. Um, speaking that poem, so Martin, how have you been fucked up by your faith?
1: Yeah, since since you uh, invited me to talk, uh, I've been thinking about it, and um, so my my faith or my kind of cultural faith would be uh, Irish Catholic, mm-hmm. so, and I think my growing up. Uh, I I struggle with perfectionism and kind of shame, and mm. uh, and I there's some guilt I suppose, and something that's very often bandied about as half a joke is that Irish guilt. Yes. And uh, and I think kind of my when I think back to how I looked at at Catholicism when I was younger. Um, wasn't wasn't in a spiritual sense it was really how it offered a, a sense of hierarchy a, a way to clean up um, how I might look at myself or how I might look at other people in kind of in terms of categorizing and you know judging and saying good and bad and yes and and, and so forth uh, uh, but it really, it was very much this abstract level of knowledge. I never, I never took the the core teachings, especially the New Testament, which, uh, which um, you know, they they try and tell us every now and again. You know, that you know, that Jesus said, you know, love your neighbours you or treat your neighbour as you would like to be treated. So it's profound, too simple, I suppose. But uh, um it, it was always this abstract level of knowledge that didn't genuinely, um, didn't deeply influence my behaviours, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do remember one time going to confession uh, in when I was a teenager. And so I, I sat down and uh, I told, because uh, I tend to monitor myself a lot as, as a perfectionist, as, as someone you know, that wants to do everything perfectly. So I tended to be do a lot of self-monitoring. Mm-hmm. And so I went, I went into the priest, and I was like, "Well, you know, this is an example of me being this way." This, uh, I just list, had a laundry list of all the different ways I I wasn't being a decent person. Mm. <laughs> and I remember he said to me, "You know, that was that was a very good confession," <laughs> 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 which of course uh, I loved hearing. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but by and large, I like I never. I never really went to Masses. I remember we'd go to Masses uh, for at Christmas or when we were with our, our grandparents uh, because our grandparents are very, uh, you know, they would have been an older generation and very, very religious and also big, uh, big centres of their own uh, local community. So when we go down to visit our grandparents, uh, my grandparents, we'd, uh, we'd go to like, uh, you know, Easter Mass or Christmas Mass and stuff like that. It was only really as an adult in my twenties that it became a choice that we didn't have to go to the mass. It was always assumed if you went down there, you go. Yeah. Um, so that it was quite often a sense of obligation about going to mass, not out of a, 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 a being drawn to it. Um, and genuinely, I never really considered whether I believed or not.
0: Hmm.
1: So I, I found it. Uh, Found it a, a nice way to think about, you know, creating structure in my life for the judgments in my life. And it wasn't until my father died when I was twenty that that I realised I didn't believe, mm. because uh, because you know, as far as I, I I in my heart I thought, well, he's gone. Not that he's gone to somewhere else. He's just he ceased to be. Is 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 in our memories of him now. And um that was really the kind of the moment that crystallized it for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I do remember like uh one time I got really angry around 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 religion and around faith was I'd in, in college I would go to I train morning and evening, so before classes and after classes and I even wrote about it on my own blog, I remember a year, like it's back you know, in the, the 2000s, like 2006 or 2007, maybe, that uh, I was training, I was doing martial arts, and this woman came up uh, while I was training and stood beside me until I finished. And and of course, you know, me at that time thinking, oh, she wants to know what I'm doing or, you know, this, <laughs> and she, and she tells me, and she tells me, you know, God doesn't you don't need to do this for god or this isn't the way god intends you to to do okay. things or something like that like completely mm-hmm. unasked for mm-hmm. and i was like okay and um, i think she approached me on three separate occasions i think over the space of about six or seven months and eventually i lost my temper with her i was like look i haven't looked for your guidance I haven't I haven't. I'm not interested in talking to you about this. And I, I gave that example of my father having died, and like for me, that's quite, you know, quite categorical about how I feel about this at the moment. And um, I was so angry. I don't even remember what she was saying. It's just that she was there again. Yeah. And yeah. So it, like, really, is how I live my life day to day. Um. I never made that connection. I I think personally that's that's a feeling of how Catholicism is practiced. Like you go mm. to the sermon, you've got this priest who might necessarily be someone you see every day and you go to the mass and they talk in the mass, but there's no, there's not much effort made in my experience to, to really link it to a, what did you do today? How did you make today a better day? Mm-hmm. And um, and that's something that. Really, uh, I've uh, I've had that as a habit for a long time. It's only in the last, even the last three years, uh, I had a um, huge uh, kind of tough moments in my life. The last couple of years, uh, in terms of relationships ending and you know, renovating a house, of my own and stuff like that, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: and being confronted with like all these ideas, much like. I, I used to, do mar, I do martial arts and I, I did the embodiment and having the idea I had this knowledge, I know how to behave properly and I, I'm certainly very readily capable of telling people how they could behave in a given situation and, <laughs> and being confronted with these difficult, normal scale moments and and, and realising that, like that knowledge hadn't wasn't actually rooted in reality or it wasn't rooted in habit. It was just me being able to parrot or appear intelligent or, or informed about about the, the, the good way of being without it necessarily being something I've taken to heart myself and it was it was um, I was a sore hope to the prestige to realise that. And I've spent the last couple of years then really reflecting on 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 trying to be more kind of decent and compassionate on a on a really practical level, like, mm-hmm. uh, and not necessarily getting lost in the abstraction of of of, of that mm. of be it religion or
0: spirituality. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm I'm really curious about the the women turning up to your <laughs> martial arts practice. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Did she believe that you're that you were doing something ungodly? Was that it, or
1: God, I, I think so at one stage I think so because uh, I, <laughs> I think the very first time I met her I was uh, kneeling down in front of a wall and I had been for like 20 or 30 minutes so I don't know how long she'd been uh, standing around but I'd just been kneeling and staring at a wall meditating
0: yeah.
1: uh, just... and uh, she sticks her head in and goes God doesn't want you doing this I, was like,
0: okay. <laughs> I don't know yeah, I'm not i am not pretty sure there's nothing in the Bible about thou shalt not uh, kneel and stare at a wall, but um, yeah. <laughs> I know that was a that was an aside. But it it is. I'm really curious about this because ostensibly Christianity, um, in its essence, is and should be about that practical expression isn't shouldn't it? Yeah. It should be about how we take our, our love you know in, in in that sense our compassion out into the world yeah and and yet often when I speak to people, particularly when they've been you know had a foundational faith, often it was much more about the, the ritualistic aspect of it, the turning, the just the being there and the turning up and doing the the, the practice that was deemed yeah. more important. And I think that probably has parallels with lots of other practices, doesn't it?
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely.
0: Um, yeah,
1: Like my, I remember reading a, a statistic that if you were to look at uh, religiousness as, a, a, like it was a gene, it was a <laughs> recessive gene. That yes. The odds of uh, if both of your parents were religion, there was only half a chance that you yourself would be religious or maybe mm-hmm. one in four or something like that. So it's yes. a hugely, hugely re- recessive gene. And neither of my parents are religious. Um, my my mother is aggressively, non-aggressively uh, aesthetic, uh, 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 Aggressively uh, atheist.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, Whereas my father seemed to, he'd remind me of a stoic or a Buddhist without any formal training in those, Mm. or any formal Mm. reading in those, uh, those ways. Like he was really compassionate and in touch with the people around him. And he had a very clear, um, a very clear um, way of treating people. Mm-hmm. Um, they, like he, you know, something the Stoics talk about, I think, was uh, a, uh, uh, that uh, you know, don't don't speak your philosophy, embody your philosophy, and yes. that's and yeah. that's what I found uh, with my father, it was really well. Um, so n- not religious and and. It's not even a subject he ever really broached, but I understand from my mother talking about Like, he, he went to a convent, um, so mm-hmm. like his secondary school, his high school was a convent, and the nuns were horrible,
0: mm-hmm.
1: absolutely horrible. I think there's very few examples of nuns uh, in education, at least not uh, leaving a, a, a bad mark, um, but certainly these ones. He, uh, so they if nothing else, that put him off the idea of religion. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he um, he treated people very decently, and I I, I do wonder because it's been on my mind a lot the, the last couple of years. Is um, I feel more motivated now to 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 be effectively decent to people mm. um, than I would have previously, like previously I would have been more comfortable in kind of swatting myself in the idea of I have this knowledge of how to be decent.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, whereas uh, you know, I've kind of, I've had a lot of pain, I've experienced or experienced a lot of pain the last, uh, the last few years. So it's made me cognizant of, not even cognizant, but aware of my heart about how, how tough some things can be and how sometimes we can't help ourselves to behave in a certain way mm-hmm. and and like judgment just creates a cycle around that and mm-hmm. so i do wonder like from my father like he he in turn lost his father at a young age as well and mm-hmm. if that's uh that was probably a, a form of thing for him mm-hmm. I'm,
0: I'm tempted to kind of uh ask you to unpack this idea a little bit more mm. about the difference between being decent. I'm also curious about that, that word as well. Yeah. And so the difference between behaving, in, you know, decently towards people and, and the, the sort of cerebral idea of what being decent is, and what the, yeah. what what the difference might be, and why that word.
1: Um, God, uh, it's probably a default word. Um, mm. I was talking to. I was talking to Steve Savides about this yesterday as well. It was yesterday, the day before yesterday, I, mean, um, I could think a lot of. Like the, the knowledge or the, the concept of being being decent is um, generally it's it's written down very kind of dryly or generally or abstractly.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, that you know, in in an instance where someone aggrieves you do not respond to further increase a grievance or something like that. There's hmm. there the, you have we can kinda of point to to a, a moral code, yeah. Uh, but the, the the moral code itself is almost meaningless without. Look, looking in in my own day and understanding what does that mean. When I answer the phone, what does that mean? When I'm annoyed at someone, what? And even then, those are those are too abstract. And I I try not to. Uh, because uh, I. I, I, uh, I find security in knowledge and having knowledge
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and you know being inclined to use that as a power over someone else. Now, I'm still, I'm, I'll probably be mm-hmm. on learning that for the rest of my life, but uh, that not to, not to it myself into that, but to, to really kind of reflect on, um, you know, this is a person in front of me that I'm talking to.
0: Yeah.
1: and. Yeah. Um, trying to, trying to not, I suppose for me decency then kind of crystallizing the last few years is, um, it's around any, and it, it's almost a, a, a somatic experience that I would say treating, if I treated someone indecently, uh, it's, I have I've created a situation where I'm trying to apply power over them.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Um, in some way, limiting their choice. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if I'm treating them decently, then even if they don't necessarily have a positive experience from from interacting with me, it's not because I've I've taken away their sense of choice or autonomy about what's happening. Mm-hmm. But again, that's very, that's it's still very abstract, so. Um, yeah,
0: yes. it's, oh, it's an interesting word and perhaps I'm kind of labouring too much on your, on your, on your choice of word, but it, you know, amongst other choices, it was, it, it, it piqued my interest. Yeah. In terms of how we exercise compassion or kindness or what any number of words that we might choose what does it what does it mean to be in um a compassionate relationship with people um and also bearing in mind that we are also in that relationship with them and with ourselves you know yeah um, and I think that can be part of the struggle, can't it, is, is when we are attempting to remain in compassionate relationship with someone else, can we do that without compromising our own um, decency towards ourselves?
1: Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I was kind of confronted with uh, and, and ashamed about, really, uh couple of years ago um, for the, I I was very lucky that one of, I I can speak some Russian, like basic uh, conversational Mm -hmm. Russian, and I happened to have a contractor working on the house that was Ukrainian, and he had workers, uh, immigrant workers from Ukraine who spoke no English or Dutch. So all of the kind of communication and coordination happened via the boss to the guy. So I'm, um, and I remember one time I was just, I was completely, I was done with this contractor. He was unreliable, took far longer than I expected. I just wanted Mm -hmm. him out. So I was, I wasn't giving him any more work. It wasn't that I wasn't giving him any more work. I wasn't giving his labor any more work. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the, we we're in the bathroom and I just said, no, I'm getting someone else to do the tiles. And then the, the contractor left and he left a the guy there um, who was doing kind of the cleaning and the labouring. And he would have been doing the tile work. He didn't get it. So we started talking in Russian, which he couldn't do with any of the other um, people that uh, he worked with. And we agreed just to cut out the contractor and that he would do uh, various little jobs to, to finish the renovation together with me and because he was constantly in financial trouble I uh, first of all I, f- I i advanced him a lot of money for the work we were going to do
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, I wasn't I wasn't managing my finance as well so that created an, an, a tremendous amount of stress for me because I was essentially trying to Balance my overdraft and my credit cards just to make mm-hmm. ends meet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: After that, so it was, it was foolish. You know, it's an example of of uh, of going a bit too far, I think. And and then, kind of after that, then I agreed. Look, I've I've got a spare room. You you're welcome to use that room, at you know at a discount. Uh, so just like hundred euros a month or something like that. And um, that lasted about four or five months. Because I, I couldn't, I couldn't actually bear it. I, I didn't want anyone else in the house with me, uh, mm. but I hated that I didn't want anyone else in the house with me because mm-hmm. it's a big house, and it's a, it's an appalling, it felt like an appalling waste that it would just be me there. Um, certainly, if you know someone else is in difficulties, and I was confronted with the, the idea that uh, I had to draw, I felt like I had to draw a line in the sand. About how much help I could give him, because it was, it was, it was ruining me in a sense, and yes. and that I was, I was, I was setting the bar too high, much like how someone could be how how I might get burned out at work by working too much, that I could be burned out in terms of caring for other people by, mm-hmm. and so I kind of, I've been thinking more and more about. Being sustainably decent, like what's <laughs> instead of that. these yeah. <laughs> instead of these grandstanding gestures, how mm-hmm. how can you know day by day? How can I gradually build up how how good I can be, mm-hmm. um, that it's not it's not just too much of a stretch for me, uh, mm-hmm. because if it becomes too much of a stretch, then I I'll just pull back into myself. I'll uh, I'll go the other way completely. Mm-hmm
0: mm mm-hmm. yes and there's a lot of what you've said that resonates from you know in my own experience as, it, as I'm sure it will with with others um you know when the when the desire is to maintain that open field of kindness yeah. um, um but it can so easily become become too much become overwhelming become damaging yeah. there's a there's a I was speaking about this yesterday, actually, um, Joan Halifax, the the Zen priest talks about in her teaching, you know, having a, a strong back and a soft front. And it's something that I always try to remember, you know, in the work that I do, where I'm required to be very open hearted and compassionate, but at the same time, very you know, firm and boundaried that yeah. I can maintain that soft front, but a strong back. How much does your the your practice of martial arts seep into your outward engagement with the world?
1: Um, here. It's, it's evolved a lot over the years. Um, I'd say it, it's been hugely affected, especially the last couple of years by uh, Russian martial arts system, mm-hmm. um, which is beautiful. It's, uh, it's it's like, it's like Aikido with punching. I'd, I'd <laughs> say kind of a, a simpler level, but what's, uh, Idea of not like, both in martial arts exploring it and then noticing how it does or doesn't appear in my day to day life, the uh, non reactive uh, reaction to what, what's happening, yes. um, instead of becoming defensive about it, how can I receive what's happened? Mm-hmm. And because you know, defensive kind of physical sense when i talk about defensive i, I imagine that's pushing back at the other person mm-hmm. but that creates more instability you got this i get this backwards and forwards then whereas is, is there a way to negate mightn't be the right word but is there a way to receive it and receive. that, that yeah. it it just kind of it fizzles out then that, that it doesn't necessarily escalate and um, it's, so that, that's uh it's kind of Kind of the core idea, and, and Paul Linden uh, is absolutely amazing at uh, encapsulating um,
0: mm.
1: kind of the core idea around that the, the openness that to. Um, I think uh, one of the sentences or aphorisms that he, he he told me that really stuck with me was responding with curiosity. Yes.
0: You no know,
1: curiosity isn't an, isn't an to defensiveness or aggressiveness. Yes. Um, yeah. And then gradually learning how often (laughs) I might think I'm being curious, but I'm being judgmental.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm I'm relearning that lesson on a daily basis. (laughs) Um, One of the the best uh, antidotes for me was removing myself largely from engaging in social media because it makes me... It, it makes me not the best version of myself. Yeah. And I think it does that to a lot of people, but, um, yes, I love that idea of, I think what that's saying to me, that idea of receiving, receiving and then allowing it, it's, it's like a sort of form of alchemy, isn't it? You're sort yeah. of receiving and then transforming so that it energetically becomes, it becomes something else. And, and it's not that we become a vessel or, or a container for it. It's, it's, there's, it's a conduit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know the people Something can't see me, but I was doing things with my hands there, which were very alchemical. Oh, chemical, <laughs> chemical flowing fingers. <laughs> yes,
1: Look, I, um, so I've the last just kind of to help with my healing of the the stuff that came up for me the last couple of years, I've been I started going to therapy and and um, kind of to, to help support that to give us I suppose a strong back to that. I've I've gone back into deeper meditative practices. Mm. I'd always would have been certainly the last ten years. Or so a big fan of uh, meta meditation, love and kindness mm. meditation, mm. and um. I got into it again when I recognised it. You know, was, I, my self-talk and how I was looking at my, myself was mm-hmm. so profoundly unloving that uh, I thought, "Oh, I'll I'll do the meta meditation and, and that should help." And I realised that I wasn't even ready for meta meditation. So, like at yeah. the moment, I'm I'm back to sitting and staring at a wall.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And. Uh, and trying not to do anything uh, mm-hmm. just uh, just you know being present with what turns up and not necessarily correcting myself in it mm-hmm. and um, uh, when I was talking to Steve Savides about this about the idea of he, he framed it very nicely he talks about a passage from corinthians about love being the mm-hmm. most important thing mm-hmm. you know, love is enduring it's you know patient it's not angry and um, like to to me, it feels like I'm I'm gradually kind of re- reconnecting with a vastness. Um, mm. That uh, that means uh, these these uh, negative thoughts that I have about myself uh, become a drop in the ocean. That uh, that I become so myself or whatever become so vast that these these things don't necessarily take away from me because I I'm very wary of um, of positivity as well and, and negativity yeah mm. like that uh, a
0: toxic positivity yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah and and that uh, there's something for me alarm bells go off if uh, if my mentality or if I see that someone else's mentality is so fragile that a single negative thought derails everything like that's yes. That's a, uh, and so that, that's why I've been kind of meditating more on the idea of fastness. And there's mm. a lovely Zen mm. Zen koan uh, called uh, "Great Waves," mm-hmm. um, that talks about a, a Zen wrestler that, or a judo wrestler that, um, that he went to a Zen master for help, and he had him just meditate on mighty waves, mm. and um, that eventually any any thought I have, uh, hopefully is. Um, it's insignificant compared to that depth Uh, uh, that I'll I'll cultivate for myself.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. And that's, and you know, from the, you know, it's great that Steve quoted 1 Corinthians 13, you know, this was one of the, the delightful passages from, from Paul, that, that tells us about the vastness of this love um, that can be the container for all of it Um, including the the fear and the anger and the the, you know the hateful self-talk and the grief and the you know the depression and and the joy and you know all of it so love is isn't just one trivial emotion of along with all the others it's it's the container for all of it and some people some people call it god you know um and in many ways it it doesn't matter but uh yes yeah
1: it's it's an incredibly dense uh passage like it essentially lists off Mm -hmm. five five or six key behaviors or situations Mm -hmm. in terms Mm -hmm. of how you know how there's an element of confirmation bias, but like, or maybe tautology is the better word. But mm-hmm. if if you're coming from a loving place, then there will be no anger, or there, like these these things to mm-hmm. reflect on it could be part of a daily uh, practice, I suppose, mm-hmm. or daily reflection.
0: Well, there's a there's a beautiful coming back to to our original conversation, which was about you know in the Catholic tradition in the. St. Ignatius of Loyola, there's a beautiful um, practice called the daily examine, Mm. um, where, you know, you take, it's a practice at the end of the day. And as it sounds, you know, examining what has occurred during the day, reflect you know, it's a reflective practice and how you were in all of your encounters. And it could so easily, you know, if you were doing it from a particular perspective, could so easily bring up shame. But if you're doing it within that spirit of uh, vastness of the container, it can be very liberating as well. Mm. Hmm. To one suppose, of
1: the uh, yeah. there was a sorry to cut across you, but there was a, a loose idea because I never fully developed on why I thought systema was such a powerful practice. Yes. And um, and that's around the the taking of action. Um mm. And because uh, quite often being being decent or being can be seen as being retiring or being restrained. And mm. um and systema uh, that I've lucky enough to practice has a very deep link to uh the russian orthodox uh, Catholic, uh christianity
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um they would they would try in all in all the practices they would they would try and link com- abstractions like compassion down to how does that feel mm-hmm. and um and they make this commitment that when it comes to even even striking someone, that the the goal is to help the other person kind of heal them of their aggression. So that's kind of the, so we're like, and I I honestly don't believe I'd ever be able to do it in a real life situation. So I've, I've done it in workshops, and I've seen the the teachers where someone would have the intention of fighting. And there's a way to, to interact or to, to to kind of shock them out of that so it's not it's not the goal to disable them but it's the goal to kind of just wake them up or, or mm-hmm. dislodge that idea of aggression mm-hmm. um, and they would always try and link back to uh, certainly for men we struggle with uh, with power being associated with violence yes and uh, remember one of the, the analogies that my one of my Sistema teachers gave me, which really stuck with me is, you know, how would you, you, you can't, how would you, you can't, um, let's see, so he asked, how, how would you push a child out of the way of a car? Like that? that's not, yeah. that's going to be a powerful motion, mm-hmm. but also there's going to be care in that motion, otherwise, the, the push is going to harm as well, so, and that's an idea I I, um, I come back to quite often. Is uh, like there, there's action in that, there's there's clarity in that, um, mm. uh, and to get away from, you know, vi- uh, uh, I suppose, violence being a harmful application of power as opposed mm. to another type of application.
0: of Yes, power. and the idea of force as well. You know, we have we've de- developed negative connotations around certain aspects of the use of force and yet yeah. you know it's it it is just energy
1: one of the things i, uh, I sometimes say to my students is uh, uh, like what's the difference between getting a shiatsu massage and punching so like, they're both applications of force but mm-hmm. one of them conjures a An experience of being relaxed afterwards, whereas the other one conjures an experience of fear and tension.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good example. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So one of the the things that I ask my guests to do is to share. Some, something. Yeah. A poem, or a prayer, or a blessing, or a piece of writing. Or. Do you have something to share?
1: Um. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, it's a, it's a poem. I, I write poems myself. Mm. I, I've re- I've written a couple of poems. Uh, um. And this is one of the f- this is actually the first one I wrote. I think it's uh, still one of my favorite ones. So I wrote it uh, about six years ago. And I, it kind of the inspiration or what, what really kind of started me down this path was a, a, a teaching and movement group called Fighting Monkey. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, uh, it really, it, I went on a retreat with them, or an intensive as they call it, and it, uh, it took me nine months or 12 months to really kind of settle and digest what had happened True, mm. like I was confronted with so many of my own patterns around it. Uh, so this, uh, it's called Walls. What kind of home is earthquake proof, unbreakable? Go ask the builders their ways, lay bricks, join wood, ward off the elements, isolate, attend, a way crooked followed will sunder walls. Still, walls and roofs fail, just wait. Ways laying down in stone, absolute, stagnant. What kind of home is earthquake? one of horizon and heaven. A wall unbuilt is never breached, wood unjoined, never split.
0: Hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. Hmm. I'm glad I'm recording this so that I can um, hear it again poetry needs to be heard more than once i think um thank you for that thank you
1: my pleasure thank you
0: You've been listening to Fucked Up by Faith with me, Jude Mills. Our music is by David Goodall and you can find the podcast on Spotify and all major podcast channels. If you would like to take part in the podcast or you know someone who would be an awesome guest, please do get in touch. You can do that via my website, judemills.com forward slash podcast and I look forward to hearing from you. Go well.